Welcome to the Irreplaceable Dental Assistant Podcast brought to you by Dane. Dental assisting made easy. This is a safe space to be mentored, empowered, energized, and equipped. Welcome to another episode of The Irreplaceable Dental Assistant. And do I have a treat for you today. My guest is coming from the other side of the world, the UK. And that's not where she started, but I let her tell her tale. She is none other than Dr. Linda Greenwald. Good day, Dr. Linda. How are you today? Good day. I'm good, thank you. Can you share with our guests just a little bit about who you are and what you bring to the world? Sure, thank you so much. Thank you for the invitation to to present on the podcast to chat with you. It's such an honor, I really appreciate it. So um, I was born in Cape Town in South Africa and I trained in Johannesburg at Pitts Dental School and my father and my grandfather were also dentists. And so when I, when I qualified, I went back to work in the office. My father and my grandfather was just retiring. And I saw how a well-run um, office was. That was. Um, I saw um, the amazing team that my father had. Um, and I saw the wonderful team at this year. For example, Heather, they all stopped for tea at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and toast, the whole practice, and I thought, what a brilliant idea. And, the whole team stopped and I thought that's just something fabulous. Um, and then I came to London in 1985 and I did my specialty training in um, prosthodontics and took various specialty exams. I took another 15 years of training and then I opened my own office in 1993. And um, as I opened my office, I also had a baby. So that, that week I finished my specialty on the Monday. On the Tuesday, I opened the office and on the Sunday, I had baby number two, his name is Joseph. And that that little boy, Joseph, grew up to become a dentist. And now on Wednesday, he's just graduating with his MBA as well. So um, I brought him into the office and so, and so we started. And as I was looking after him, I read this book. So I had no patience. I read the book, um, Great Communication Equals Great Production from Kathy Jamison. And I wrote to her and I said, I loved your book. She said, Linda, do you want me to come and teach you in London? I said, yes, please, please, please come and teach me. We set up um, a collaboration and she's been training me for the last 28 years. Uh, amazing. And I, I'm a good student. I listen to what she advises. I take on board and we um, go to the next step. But I've always regarded her not only as a, as a great friend, mentor and coach, but a wise woman as well. And so... Um, we always have we have a catch up regularly and um, and we implement we do what she tells us to do and that makes a huge difference and then I had another two babies so we have four babies four babies and the fourth with the fourth baby I brought uh, my I have an um, amazing receptionist practice manager who's been with me since the start of the office since we started in 1990 and we both had babies the same week well the same within two weeks of each other we didn't plan it we didn't know anyway so she had her first baby and i had my fourth baby so we got a work nanny 
and um, we created a little nursery at work and the patients loved it because they wanted to come and see the two babies and that's how we helped her with childcare. but at I could get we could both get back to work and so that's how we started um, I was lucky enough when I did my master's to research tooth whitening and I wrote my dissertation on tooth whitening that was back in, 80, in 1990 to 92 and so I, I was one of the first in the UK to do whitening research to understand the whitening process of teeth and I've worked in that ever since and written three books about tooth whitening. So I teach a lot about tooth whitening, I teach the team to be involved in tooth whitening and we still lobby the UK government for changes in the law to allow more children to undertake tooth whitening because these days um, children have this disease called MIH. It's a very severe disease, it's a global disease, nobody dies from it like COVID, but it's a very severe disease and one in six children globally have this problem. So we still lobby to make changes in the world, to help more children to be able to do this. And then 11 years ago, I set up a charity called Dental Wellness Trust. And I set up a branch in my hometown in Cape Town um, to give back to Cape Town um, the wonderful opportunities in education that they gave me and my family still live in Cape Town. And in Cape Town, we now look after 15,000 children and it all revolves around toothbrushing and oral health for kids. And we, we did research, we set up a group of a community of women um, called Toothbrush Mamas. And we have 18 Toothbrush Mamas who are amazing, inspirational women and leaders in their own community. And they, um, they inspire me every single day. And during COVID, we set up soup kitchens, we served over 300,000 meals these wonderful toothbrush mamas. It's like a sisterhood of, of wise women. And um, we train and we work with that. And then we set up the same programs in London, um, around England, doing this, the same thing. And that's what we do on the side as well as doing the dentistry. So that's a little bit about me. That's a little bit. <laughs> oh, my brain is going, wow. Where does she fit all of this into a 24 hour day? But we have a friend in common who is Kathy Jamison. So I can understand how she helped you to put systems in place so that the office runs smoothly, which would give you an opportunity to do some heart work, work that warms the soul as we serve and help other people. But drill down and tell us a little bit more about your collaboration with Dr. Kathy Jamison. You have another title. And that title is? Oh, uh, we have a book together, which yeah. is called Success Strategies in Aesthetic Practice, Aesthetic Dental Practice. That's and we, right. we published the book in 2011. And I, I just, I loved the information, the teaching that Kathy was given, was giving us. And I thought we need to write this all down. We need more people to know about this because they don't teach it in dental school. And um, we worked on this book for five years so that we could produce these special gems that Kathy has been a, a vast knowledge to share. And um, it gives us like recipes to um, success strategies to run an effective practice. And we still refer to this book to this day when we have our team meetings, um, all kinds of things. It's just from us, it's our major reference book to help us day by day. Because as we know, dentistry is very stressful. There's so many different elements that are stressful. But one of it, if, if the team is not cohesive, that I think for a dentist 
is one of the most stressful things to not have a, a good supportive team. And things and things change a lot because life is different. We've all, you know, we've had two years of COVID, post-COVID, you know, everybody getting ill. So what, what happened the first time when we all found out about COVID, we sat down in a staff meeting and we read a report from the Wuhan dentists. And this was Friday the 13th of March, a very good day, Friday the 13th. We sat down and we read this paper and I said to my team, what I want to tell you all now is that I'm going to look after you guys. Whatever happens, uh, my, the health of my team is the most important thing. And whatever it takes, I'll give you my guarantee that I'm going to look after you as best as we can because we don't know what the future holds. That's how it was in the beginning. And as a week later, the UK government closed all the, all the dental offices in the UK, 20th of March, but there was no testing, for example, Heather. And so um, we found, we managed to get secret supplies of the PCR tests. And we ran, a, um, we ran a program to test our own team regularly to keep them safe and the, and the team members. This was when there was no testing involved. So we published that in the British Dental Journal. And that's how we discovered a lot more about COVID that they weren't telling us. But my team was of the, of the key, a really key important aspect. And during lockdown, we had meetings every week with our team to check in on everybody. How are you? How are you doing? Is everybody okay? We did a, a group Zoom so that you know, we kept in contact all the time in the most stressful time. Well, that's one thing that you and I share in common, understanding the importance, the value of our teams, because we simply could not do it independently of them. So Linda, I want to ask you a question. How would you describe the dream dental team? What are some must-haves for a dental team to be considered a dream team, such as the one that you have? Every day we work on it to, to keep working with the, with the dream team. Nothing just nothing stays the same. So I think the first thing is um, the deep, the dream team needs to have good leadership and a vision, um, a vision and a mission. And we, we set the vision and the mission together with the team. Everybody needs to be on board. As Kathy teaches us, we all need to be on the bus together in the right places in the bus, the right places in the right time on this bus and everybody needs to be going in the same direction the bus needs to be going forward so you need to have the right team members um, and we need to we work together on the team that positive attitude is one of the most important things then the team needs to be goal focused and um, we work together on our goals every week uh, monday morning is our meeting um, a, a long meeting for an hour and a half where we revise what what happened last week what's happening this week, what are our plans, and we work very carefully. So we have, um, we all work on projects together. We all, um, we work cohesively. Um, the, the team should feel comfortable. There should be less stress, but all the team members need to be working in a positive way. And there needs to be a trusting environment. Um, there also is a safeguarding environment. You know, a while ago, Heather, we had situation with one of our dental nurses who was being abused by her partner and it was a it was a complex issue which we had to deal through to make sure that we could look after her in the best way possible and i want to have an um, open dialogue and that that our team if they are having difficulties at home we like them not to bring their problems with we don't want everyone to bring their suitcases but the thing is 
life happens. And so what happens at home affects how they perform during during work. And so in any way that we can help you look at that. Um, so everybody needs to, on the team together, helping each other. Even if it's, can I get you a cup of tea? But everybody needs to be there for each other in any way. If, um, if somebody's instruments, somebody, um, they're running late and their instruments haven't been done, the rest of the team member will, will step in to help. So there needs to be mutual respect for each other, mutual care, a team attitude that everybody's working together. Um, the team need to have focus and energy um, in a positive way. Yeah, I, I think what I hear you saying is teamwork makes the dream work. Yes. <laughs> Everybody sharing the same vision. Yes. Everybody Absolutely. going beyond just what the, the job description is to caring for each other, having the leadership that makes them feel comfortable to do that. They know the direction, they know the plans, they know where we're heading because it's very clear but we do some fun things Heather which especially um, when we were out of lockdown we we did this thing where we did a group dance we um, we have a whatsapp group for our team and um, during COVID there was I don't know if you know it it's called the Jerusalem dance yes you know it yeah. Popular. <laughs> yeah. so the team I sent them on whatsapp the steps to practice during lockdown where we couldn't see each other and when we got together we all did the dance together and it's a brilliant icebreaker and it's a fun thing to do. So we, we do some fun things like that. We also have a practice song. Oh! So, <laughs> yes! So on a Monday morning, if, if the team had a really wonderful weekend and everyone's a little bit quiet or a little bit grumpy or a little bit sleepy, then the most sleepiest team member We'll sing the practice song and we looked and we spoke about what should we have as a practice song and our song is i can't smell without you, you know, <laughs> because it's very cheesy and yeah. it's very funny when somebody sings and we all sing out of tune but we all sing it's it's just a fun thing and that again breaks the ice i think when, when you have a meeting together we need to have some way of breaking ice that we can work together and through humor or some team activity it's a brilliant way to, to get our team focused. I love that. I love that. Especially when you're speaking about coming together to set the tone for the week, looking back at the wins and not so much wins of last week. I won't call them fails because you always learn from things that didn't work well. Um, when it doesn't go right, then, <laughs> then everything is smooth sailing. Yes. Um, I love that idea, but I think the other thing that that allows you to do is to go through and look at what needs to be done, what was done well, and this word accountability comes to mind. Um, because in order for a team to work well, we have to be able to, to count on each other. So we should have accountability for ourselves and for our team members. Do you, do you agree with that? And, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. There needs to be accountability because you know, a lot of the, for example, not only do we do sterilizing of instruments and, you know, all the, the policies and they call, I don't know if you use OSHA or um, our sterile instrument policies, everyone has policies on that, which is hard enough to do. But there's also the, the technology, you know, because as, um, as we go digitally, there's more digital knowledge to, to bring and each team member has a responsibility for the other. Uh, in, in this field so we need to know be up to trust if this is delegated to this person 
So for example, we now have a full digital system where we have a 3D printer in the office. We can print biplates, we can print bleaching trays, we can print study models. And one of the team members is delegated to do that. Her accountability is that she does that and we, you know, we delegate that to her. And if there's a problem, she, she can come to us, explain it and work with the whole, the whole team is accountable to us, to each other and um, again, to show respect for each other. Yes. And also, I, I like to have an open door policy that if, if they have difficulties or if, there is, or if they notice a team member is not being accountable or not is, not not is falling behind the team atmosphere or not doing what they are supposed to do or expected to do, trying to help to understand what happened, how did this happen, what is the situation, etc., so that we can become more accountable as, as we go. And it, it all comes back to communication, good communication. And so everybody on the team needs to have that. If there is a problem, I want them to come to me or to the practice manager or the practice manager comes to me, but I need to know. I tell them I'm very nosy. I want to know everything, <laughs> everything um, so that I can problem solve and we can problem solve together. Yeah, I find that sometimes people come into an environment and they, they don't want to be the tattletale. They don't want to be the one. Everybody's seeing it, but nobody's saying anything. I'm not going to be the one to say anything. And I find that to be so detrimental because everybody else is thinking the same thing. And everybody realizes it's costing us dearly, but nobody wants to speak up. So when you have an environment in which the dream team openly communicates and they realize that when we hold each other accountable, it's really to keep, to maintain a level of excellence or distinctiveness that our patients would want and expect from our practice. And when we are unable to do that, it pulls everybody down. So I'm, I'm happy that you have an open door policy that it's not a judgmental one. People can just come and share. And sometimes it's very, very human type challenges that are preventing. And um, if we can help them to map it out, then it, it will make a big difference. And so that's just why- for example, yeah, there are even transport problems. For example, in London, it's a big city and they strikes at the moment. Yes. And so that means they can't get into work. So two weeks ago, I mean, our meeting was, our, our big meetings on a Monday and Tuesday the strikes were starting. So instead of our normal discussion, we did a, a logistics discussion. Who's coming in when? What are the difficulties? What are the challenges? Shall we move patients so that the team can come in later? How can we work through this challenge together? And what changes do we need to make because of this challenge that we're going to have? Also checking that the patients can get in because they have the same, there's no public transport. Um, how are the patients going to get it? So, so that we know this is going to anticipate, this is going to be a problem, this is going to be a problem. So and what I hear you saying, yeah. Linda, is that problem solving plays an integral role in the dental team's ability to function well, right? Correct, and everybody's opinion is valuable. And every, when you problem solve, you need to think out the box and you need everybody to contribute to, to solving the problem, whatever, their contribution is, it helps you to move, to think laterally so that you can actually think out the problem with the whole team. And the team's advice is so valuable and so useful. And I expect my team to, um, to voice their opinions in a positive way. We don't want to hear negativity. 
but I, I need their opinions so we can formulate the, the, formulate together the policy and the strategy based on their input. So, for example, when during COVID we had to have 15 minutes, um, half an hour to change over the surgeries. In those days, we had to um, sp- um, steam the whole room and all that. We had to acquire this equipment. So everybody needed to be working really well so we could move from room to room, setting up the room. One team member would do that. The other team member would um, close down the room, close the room, sponge it and steam it, you know, all that stuff. And But that needs a whole discussion with everybody so that everybody can input, everybody can help. And, and so we can go forward. So I always say to my team members, every one of us is a leader. Everybody's point of view is valid and important. And if we're talking about a specific challenge, then we need to see the business office's perspective, the clinical assistant's perspective, the hygienist, my perspective. So we end up with a 360 view of the problem and then we can begin to address it. Because when you have an, an issue, sometimes what you think is obvious, that's not it at all. <laughs> it's so right. stems from somewhere else. Exactly, which could be a simple problem, but it multiplies if we don't communicate to understand what the problem is. And so don't assume, get right to the root of the problem. What is the, what is the problem? How did it arise? How, we, how can we rectify it? And what can we, um, how can we move forward? I say to my team, don't come to me with a problem, actually. Come to me with a solution. Solution, yes. <laughs> that means- solution. So if the, um, let's say the sterilizer is broken, don't tell me the sterilizer is broken. Tell me I've called the guy, he's on his way, and that's the solution. Because when you're sitting with all these problems, we can't move forward. Love that. Love that. So it allows each tem- team member to process, to work it through, to then indicate what the challenge is and bring forth solutions. Now, that may not be the final solution, but at least you're bringing something to the table that we can either grab onto and run with or tweak a little bit, but everybody's weighing in. I love that, Linda, I love that. Now, I wanna just drill down a little bit more about um, this aesthetic dentistry offering that we have. The golden question is, what are success strategies for the dental team to create a successful aesthetic dental practice? Brilliant question. I love this question. I think, first of all, that I like all my dental assistants to be brilliant communicators in their own right. I like them to establish a rapport and a relationship with the patients. Number one, our patients fully trust our dental assistants. And they know that they are, they expect that the dental assistant is going to take care of them during the appointment more than just suctioning. That is going to welcome them. And many of patients may be fearful. Uh, they may be fearful of the dentist, although we try not to look too scary with all the PPE on. They expect to trust the dental assistant. And they know that if they're going to have a good, a good appointment, it's because the dental assistant is awesome. And that makes them feel really really much more relaxed and, and can build up the trust. So I expect my assistants to be able to speak well to the patients. Inform, the, they always say, inform before you perform, no surprises. 
So I expect my dental assistants to, to go and fetch the patient from the waiting room to uh, bring them into the, the treatment room, introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Indra. Today we're going to be working on the upper left side of your mouth. If you have any questions, this is a photo of how your teeth looked last time. This is what's going to happen. Explain that. And at the end of the appointment, I like the dental assistant to do post-op instructive and instructions and to go through really carefully with the patients. And the patients like to know the dental assistant. They want to know, how's your mother? How's your daughter? How is this? It's because they developed this wonderful relationship. At the end of the appointment, my dental assistants are so busy closing down the room and they're busy, busy, busy. But the patients wait to make eye contact with the dental assistant to thank them for the appointment. So in terms of aesthetic dentistry, a lot of what we do, it takes a very long time. You know, you need a three hour, highly concentrated time to be able to do this brilliant, um, I call it creative, beautiful creation of smiles. But the, the, the assistant is the key, the, the key element, the, the key part of the recipe. Uh, and so that is, that is really key. And then again, all our dental assistants take photos. We do a lot of uh, photography training with everybody. Everybody needs to be able to take a good photo um, and before and after. And we have this facility to be able to put uh, on the um, on the television, on the screen next to them, the before photo, the after photo. This is where you were. This is where you, this is where we started. This is where you are now. And then you wait. Again, Kathy taught us, taught this to us. And you leave a little bit of minute for the patient to say, is that me on the screen? I said, yes, that's you. That's how you were, that's where you came in. And then they go, wow. And so, and then we say, we encourage a patient, do you want to take a photo of the screen? They said, can I, can I? I said, yes, it's, it's, you know, to show them on the journey, but that's all part of it. And when I do, for example, a new patient consult, I see the new patients in a different room. The team member prepares the room. They go through the health history. Everything is ready. So I will see them on my own um, in the room. And my, my question that I ask them is, what would be your hopes and aspirations for your dentistry? Sometimes they look at me and go, she's a bit crazy this morning. And they go, actually, nobody's ever asked me this, but I'm going to tell you. And they give me a, their, what may be called the dental wish list. You know, if they could wave a magic wand, this is what they would like. And I write it all down. And so as I'm typing my, I'm getting to know my patients, my dental assistant who's in my treatment room is reading all the notes about the patient that I'm writing on the screen so that she gets to know this patient before she even met, meets the patient. And then we bring the patient in and the dental assistant will take the photographs. And again, just establishing the rapport to help the patient feel relaxed, comfortable in a trusting environment that they can talk about the issues and their concerns. And so again, the dental assistant helps us on the journey because it's a journey. One of my other assistants who's now the treatment coordinator, Rachel, she's been with me for 20 years. Um, she would be the, she would sit, sit with me after the patient is left. We have a treatment planning session where I don't see patients and she comes into my office and we sit down and say, what are our goals for this patient? Where are we going to go? What are we going to do? She prepares it all. She writes it. She, so she sits with us in the treatment uh, planning discussion, the case discussion at another time. I like my team to be very involved in all of these aspects so we can, we really work together to support and to help our patients um, to achieve their SMILE goals and to achieve 
I want to see my patients achieve excellent oral health. So I always want them to be on an upward journey of health, um, health sustainability. So my hygienist has also, she's been with me for 25 years. This is her 25th anniversary with our practice. And she now lives in Manchester, which is uh, quite far away. It's, it's a two hour train ride. Wow. And, she, and she comes to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. She stays over. Then she goes back to her home because she loves working in the team. She loves um, the way that as a hygienist, they have full, um, full clinical freedom to do all the procedures that hygienists are taught because not all hygienists are able to use all their wonderful skills. And I like them to use their skills. Another really important aspect is that the teams should come to me about any aspect that they're not concerned or also give their opinion. So let's say we're very busy with an aesthetic case. And I think this side is too long. If we're doing some composite bonding. I'll refer to my assistant and say, what do you think? And I want an honest answer. So actually, I think Linda, it's a little bit too long here. We need to do this, we need to do that. And her opinion is really important. And the patient senses. A lot of our patients tell us when we are working together, it's like we are doing a dance or we're doing synchro swimming because the transfer of the instruments just flows, you know, and we, she anticipates and she knows what's going what I'm going to be using next or she'll say how about using this instrument for this for this procedure etc because she she knows me my uh, my head dental assistant has been with me seven years so I like to keep my team for a very long time because we work together I like the loyalty and I do things to make sure that they can stay as long as possible and that we build that loyalty together. Wow, Linda, you have given us so many nuggets today. I love this slogan, inform before you perform, no surprises. And that means that our dental assistants have to have a great understanding of what is going to be done clinically. Um, it also means that they have to build relationships with the patients so that they can reassure, they can um, underscore for us, they can um, really make our patients feel at home and comfortable. Uh, and I know that if our assistants have the confidence in the products that we are going to provide, it makes a big difference. So we as dentists, we need to show up. <laughs> we need to show up the way we are promoting ourselves so that if we say this is who we are, then people don't have to question that. And it makes the team feel comfortable and a little bit proud to be a part of this team. And um, I love the fact that the process in the dental chair is seen, is, is seen as teamwork. So the dentist knows what he or she is doing, but the team member has such a great appreciation for what is being done that their response makes a big difference as well. And that really makes our patients feel like they're at home with a team of folks who are qualified to do what I've come here to do. And by the way, they're so nice. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for all your gems today. I have a question for you. I always end my podcast with a quote. And I wonder if you have a special quote that you'd like to share with us today, Linda. So um, I think that we all, first of all, all of us are leaders of ourselves and our leaders in our community. Being in the 
healthcare profession. It's a meaningful, purposeful job. It's an important job and we all contribute to society for that. And so um, I say we want to make the world a better place. All of us think about how we can make the world a better place. And how do we start? We start step by step. Just one little, one little tiny gift and kindness to each other will make the world a better place. Love that. And I think you have made Kathy so proud. <laughs> well, I have a copy of your book and I've gone through it a couple of times. Kathy gifted it to me. <laughs> so it is amazing that we're in so many different places, but we're all in sync, ensuring that we take we're all human beings and we all have the same problems. Exactly. All of us. That's why the world should be more one because we are, you know, we're all similar. Uh, even though wherever we practice, dentistry is the same because we're dealing with human beings and we're giving of ourselves, we're giving kindness of ourselves, and we're all there to help our patients to achieve a beautiful smile or get them out of pain. But we're in the healthcare profession, and so it's very similar wherever we practice in the world. So thank you, Linda, for living so purposefully with your charitable work, with the wonderful dental care that you provide for your patients, for the wonderful leader that you are to your team, and for sharing with us in such an authentic way today. Blessings. We will talk again. <laughs> it's so lovely, lovely, Linda, to meet with you and to have the opportunity to have such a lovely chat. Thank you so much. It's a great honor, really. Well, it doesn't matter if dental offices are around the corner from each other or across oceans. We all treat patients in a similar fashion. And it means that we all organize ourselves, our teams, in a similar way. Dr. Greenwell reminded us of the importance of sharing a mission, vision, and the goals so that the team is moving together on the same beat. A, a, a positive attitude is so important. And the more trusting the environment, the better it is. Team members need to be there for each other. And so there has to be mutual respect and care. And you know what? Clear communication is imperative, especially if you're looking at problem solving. If people don't feel safe enough to share challenges, then they go noticed, but unspoken of. And Dr. Greenwell also spoke about the importance of dental assistants being good communicators. They are the ones that truly develop deep relationships with our patients. And that is imperative if there is to be trust. And I leave you with her motto, inform before you perform no surprises well it's been another wonderful time with you guys and if you enjoyed this session please share please tell someone please make sure if you haven't subscribed that you subscribe because you know that life is better when we live learn 
and grow together. See you the next time. Blessings.